It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by Timothy Warehill and Arnon Manor. They are the writer-directors of the animated short film Cops and Robbers on Netflix. This film was inspired by spoken word poetry and created in response to the murder of Ahmad Arbery. It is a beautiful collaboration uh, that I'm sure we're going to hear about as Oscar season picks up. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. I, I want to start with, with Timothy. Um, this piece was based on a, a poem that you wrote uh, after Arbery's murder that, uh, that, went, that went viral. So I, I guess I, I want to talk, talk to you about, about both the, the genesis of this piece and also this moment that poetry is having in this country. Is, is, what, what do you think is happening to us? When I, when I think of America, I don't think we're a country that loves its poems. <laughs> like we're a country that, that <laughs> celebrates its poets. That seems to be happening at this moment. Am I just being really Pollyanna about it, or, or is is are, are we waking up to the fact that we might need some poetry in our lives? Well, I mean, we do come from a history of uh, Maya Angelou and and Langston Hughes, and you know, even James Baldwin. Uh, so, uh, and even when I was in undergrad. Uh, that, that was around the time when Jeff Poetry Jam was around. And I went to an HBCU, Alabama State University, and we did open mics all the time. So I grew up around poetry. My grandmother wrote poetry. My aunt writes poetry. Uh, and Cops and Robbers, uh, the poem itself, uh, existed. Uh, I wrote it years before the Ahmaud Arbery uh, oh. incident or the tape was released. Uh, it's just that when I saw the video of his killing, which devastated me and angered me, but it didn't surprise me because we'd seen it before. It just reminded me of my poem, which unfortunately was still all too relevant. And so I dug up my poem and grabbed my iPhone and uh, gimbal and jogged in my neighborhood in, you know, as in honor of, of him. And I just started reciting the poem. And that's when I released it onto my social media platforms on Facebook and Instagram. And the live action video poem that I created went viral. And that's how uh, Arnon, he's contacted me after seeing it on Instagram. And that was the genesis of our relationship. That's great. Arnon, you you reached out and you decided to make this happen in a collaborative fashion. The animation is done by dozens of different uh, studios or amateurs. In some case, students. I, I think. Can can you talk a little bit about about how this is not uh, this is not usually how you know uh, Oscar contender shorts are are made mm-hmm. um, in this sort of collaborative process. So can you can you talk a little bit about how this happened with this one? Absolutely. Um, thank you for having us. You know, the the collaboration was really important from the beginning. 
uh, obviously the collaboration with Timothy and I as, as you know, both of us directing it, both of us bringing our voice to it was really important as well. And, but my, you know, my, the initial spark of the idea after I watched uh, Timothy's video poem online, which was uh, roughly, I think, a day after the Ahmad Arbery video came out, uh, you know, and I was shocked and enraged and, again, wanting to do something in the way that I know how to do, uh, which is, you know, to, to create content. And, and um, the animation part I saw kind of immediately. And the collaboration kind of came as a as a result of just wanting to have voices. You know, one of the things that, you know, it was kind of like needing not just to be a singular voice, uh, whether it comes from, from Timothy, who obviously kind of represents, you know, uh, a multitude of people, or myself from another angle, you know, I'm a white guy, but actually expressing a variety of views from across the world. So part of it was a, there was a, a, a production aspect of it by kind of, you know, wanting to have short amount of animations done, which is easier to produce. Uh, and then also having a collective voice. So it's not just coming from one person, but multiple people. And just as a note, I think this is important. We started this process, um, our collaboration, right after the Ahmad Arbery video came out, which is the beginning of May. And that was about three weeks before the George Floyd murder took place. So we were starting the process not knowing that only a few weeks later, Literally, the, the, the streets outside our windows mm. were going to be burning and we were going to make this mm. film as that was happening. One of the things I think that's uh, particularly powerful about this is um, is that you are white <laughs> um, and that you were able to, um, you know, look at an experience that is not your own um, and empathize deeply with it. And I, I you know, I imagine as creators you know, both of you create things um, to sort of touch that um, empathy chip that is in most people, um, you know, to get us talking and thinking about these issues. Um, in terms of the conversations that you hope people have, um, you know, as a result of, of watching this, Timothy, um, you know, what do you, what do you envision them um, to be like? Because I feel like, you know, we've, especially in this year, I've had more conversations, I mean, real conversations with people about many of these issues. And it's sort of the ultimate goal of art um, is to spark, you know, thoughts um, and, and, you know, that process of just imagination in people. So, so Timothy, what do you hope people take out of it? And then what kind of conversations do you hope they have? Well, um, I, I believe that art is a bridge or a gateway to uh, other thoughts and ideas that may be opposing to our own ideas and thoughts, or maybe even ideas and thoughts that never cross our minds to other people's perspectives. And if it's done well, it can allow people inside uh an, in, into another world, a, a, a visit into that world, and hopefully bring along that empathy as you speak of. Um, I hope that this this animated short just 
continues the conversation, continues to allow the ball to stay in the air for our allies, uh, because our white brothers and sisters at any moment can say, well, I've done my part. I've marched in the streets all summer, and I've put my hashtag Black Lives Matter sign and bumper sticker on the back of my car, uh, and I've done my part so I can move on with my life, while Black people, African-American people, we have to continue to exist within our skin, within a nation that isn't necessarily built for us. So how do we keep the ball in the air, keep people active and motivated, active, active, active. And then the other part is that my hope that even cops watch this, the, the video, because the last line in the poem asks the question, do you think cops remember being kids when we used to just play together? There's something about our childhood where we weren't embedded with the the prejudices, the hatred that we we later learn from environment, from society, that if if cops can ask that question and remember when they were kids and dreamed of being police officers, why did you dream to be an officer? You maybe it was to be in be a hero and maybe tap back into their humanity and also see the humanity in black people and then maybe they can relive their oath, re, 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 reignite that oath to protect and serve. And hopefully through that, there will be fewer black lives that are taken unjustly by the hands of police officers. So this is going to have a, a global platform. Cops and Cops and Robbers is on Netflix. Um, there were sort of a, a lot of places where it it might have found a home because it's poetry, because it's animation. Um, but you guys, you got involved with Jada Pinkett Smith, and she helped bring it t- to Netflix. And now now we're on a platform where it, it, cops are going to see this. This is not this is not going to be marketed to to children. It's not it's not going to be. Um, it's on a global platform. So can, can I, I guess I'll, I'll direct this one to Arnon. Uh, how, how did that come about and how were you able to, to bring, you know, to, to, to bring a project like this made by, by small batch creators uh, about, about this issue to a platform that's going to reach you know, the world? Um, well, yeah, I mean, first of all, it's, it's incredible uh, and, and really humbling that this is this is happening because you know the original intent you know obviously again going back to there's a snowball effect uh, timothy released it uh, his video on uh, social media i saw it uh on social media and the idea that we had initially was to create this derivative piece this animated piece to put back onto social media in order to hopefully for that to have a viral moment and and get seen and to, as Timothy said, to continue the conversation and, and spread the message, you know, as, as much as we could have done. Um, it then happened that when we were, you know, uh, you know, midway through the process, Timothy showed it to uh, uh, his, his mentor, he, you know, Tim, uh, Lawrence Bender, uh, the producer, and Lawrence... Um, saw it and said, wow, this is, this is incredible. What are you guys doing about it? And we kind of said, well, we're going to put it out onto YouTube and, and hope for the best. No, no, we can do better than that. Hmm. It's obviously uh, Lawrence 
who produced uh, uh, Pulp Fiction and uh, Inglourious Bastards and Goodwill Hunting and et cetera, et cetera. You know, obviously is a is a powerhouse in Hollywood. But again, this is a, this we call it our little engine that could. So he showed it to a few people, including Jada, and Jada saw it and said, "I ah, this is incredible. What can I do to lend my hand to this and lend my voice?" And that's when she got involved. And collectively, they uh, pitched it to uh, Netflix. And Netflix saw it and again. You know, so this is incredible. We want to put it out onto our platform. And they they don't do short films, uh, especially not of this kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went from saying, "Hey, we, we'd love to have a few thousand views on YouTube," to it being now at 200 million homes and 190 something countries, and translated into several uh, several languages. And really, you know, outside of the 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 amazement of that for us, it's really about again the exposure in order to continue the conversation. Um, and so that is truly, we couldn't have asked for a better and bigger platform for obvious reasons. Uh, and Netflix have been incredible, you know, in, in supporting it and pushing it because they understand also the strength of the message. So it really has been uh, an incredible snowball effect. Certainly not anything that we would have expected, but we are just elated at the fact that this is having conversation. We're even talking to, to you guys. Mm-hmm. People are hearing about it and watching it. Yeah, I feel like one of the things that makes this unique and the Netflix piece is, is really important um, is that Netflix is everybody, everywhere. And I think the way sometimes we tend to focus on the American experience and particularly the black experience is um, it doesn't have a global lens. And I think that the points in American history where there was, um, you know, any type of major shift it's because sort of the lens opened up and everyone in the world could see how America was treating black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of ways, that sort of focus globally, um, you know, it, it made us feel shame. Um, and, and sometimes when we we as a nation um, are compelled to act, um, I feel like it, it sometimes does come from sort of the shame that we feel when other people that are not American can see the way in which we are not living up to the the values that we recite or espouse all the time. Do you feel, Timothy, like, um, you know, if you were a viewer in, you know, another country, um, that you can connect to this narrative as well? Do you feel like, um, you know, the, the sort of top line is, okay, this is how I'm, this is a problem in America, um, that definitely needs to be addressed and people are, you know, as you said, um, going to be better able to empathize with that experience. But I think the second piece of it may be, um, you know, for, for folks who are not American to see the connection to maybe their own liberation movements or their own, um, you know, difficulties in their own specific countries. Is that part of it? I mean, I'm just throwing it out, but I'm curious how you see um, that additional piece for people who are not American watching this because Netflix, as just said, is global? Well, I mean, it, it's a human story. It's a human story, and what, what, what we have all around the world are human people. And each struggle and approach to struggle has influenced approaches to other struggles because 
ultimately everyone wants their freedom. <laughs> everyone wants to be treated as human. You know, even Dr. Martin Luther King learned from Gandhi how to do a peaceful nonviolent movement. Uh, even, you know, people's religious beliefs, you know, that the story of the, the Hebrews uh, being free from, from Egypt um, has influenced many cultures in, in their fight for freedom. Um, that's, that is the beauty of, of where we are today, which is we are a social media world where we connect with each other through a simple device called a cell phone, and everybody has a camera on that phone. And that even goes back to the civil rights movement, you know, the, the revolution must be televised, where it was the image of Emmett Till's casket being opened uh, by the request of his mother so that Jet Magazine could publish it and the world could see her 14-year-old boy who was lynched and murdered for being accused of whistling at a white woman. It's the same Seeing the lens that was shown on the march from Selma to Montgomery on the Edmunds Pettus Bridge, uh, uh, and, and you saw the tear gas and the German Shepherd dogs attacking uh, the, the peaceful movement. It, it's these images that the world gets to see: the four little girls in Birmingham, mm -hmm. 16th Street bombing. It's those moments that bring upon this, as you say, a, a guilt, a necessary guilt, because it happened under everybody's nose, but it was people chose to ignore it and move about their life because they didn't feel like it uh, had anything to do with them on a personal level. But when they saw it, it was impossible to ignore any longer. And that's when there started to become real change. I think I think one of the one of the most I don't know af affecting portions of 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 cops and robbers. It's it's amazing that it's a short when it packs so much. Is that the the different the different animation styles make it look like it's different points of view watching the same story, which is I think what you were just describing. We're all, you know, we're all sort of isolated and separate, and then through these lenses we view the same thing and we recognize the universality of experience, and hopefully we have. Uh, we have considerably more empathy. I'm I'm amazed that you guys were able to do this, especially during this moment. I love the fact that you have never actually met in person. I hope that that happens for you at the Oscars. <laughs> I think that would be that would just be the fitting end to it. You can shake hands on stage and then accept your reward. But but Timothy Warehill and Arnon Manor, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. The short film is Cops and Robbers. It is on Netflix, and uh, everybody listening to us is going to watch it or they're going to hear from us. Yeah, I'm gonna. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more news.